back to the David Glenn Show. Pat Narduzzi of the Coastal Division-leading Pitt Panthers will drop by next hour. Mick Mixon on his way to catch the Panthers against the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Dropped by earlier, and the guy that Mick voted for, for either U.S. president or NCAA president, it's really his choice. Mick says he'll cast the ballot without even knowing where Jay Billis stands on such things. He is the best in the college basketball business. He does great work for ESPN and others. He was on the call for Duke 118, Kentucky 84 last night. Jay Billis, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm great, David. How are you? Doing great. What do you think about those endorsements from uh, Mick Mixon, voice of the Carolina Panthers? Any interest in either the NCAA or United States presidencies? Not unless the pay goes up. If the pay were higher, maybe. But uh, <laughs> I still got to pay the bills. I got two kids in college. <laughs> the day after Election Day, I have to ask, have you ever felt a desire to scratch that itch? A lot of people think you'd be really good. Oh no! My goodness, when you when you see all these things that uh, that come out about uh, about people's past, I mean, I, I I wouldn't get out of my elementary school years before I get bounced out. <laughs> what struck you the most about last night's Duke win over Kentucky? You were clearly mesmerized, like the rest of us. One eighteen eighty four, the worst loss of John Calipari's entire coaching career. What was your number one takeaway? Just how explosive the Duke team is at the, at such a young age. I mean, I, I watched them play their three exhibition games over in Canada, and uh, and was blown away by how talented you know Zion Williams and uh, and R.J. Barrett were. And then you add in Cam Reddish and Trey Jones. It's ridiculous how good these guys are. Now, look, I get it. They're not going to play at that level in every game, and. You know, we've seen teams in the past that have, have gotten out of the gate. You said, who's going to beat them? Uh, they're not going to go undefeated. But at the same time, when they play their best, uh, there are very few teams at their best that can match these guys. And it was just a, a perfect storm of Duke played great. Kentucky was awful. And then Kentucky kind of gave up. And it became, you know, the varsity versus the JV. And, uh, and the, the goal was, let's get out of here before somebody gets hurt. Coach K has made clear that his four best players are those four freshmen, Barrett, Williamson, Reddish, and Jones. It's, it's safe to say both that no team has ever won it all led by four freshmen, but also that no team has ever tried led by four freshmen. What do you see as the biggest challenges given the nature of a team that has a loaded freshman class but not a lot of proven commodities in the upper classes? Uh, just when you get down toward the end of the season and the games, uh, get slowed down a bit uh, when you go against more experienced teams and experience and talent can carry the day in, in a one game scenario against uh, against super talented inexperienced uh, look these guys are different uh, RJ Barrett's like a, a James Hart type player and gets to the rim like very few players I've, I've seen gets fouled I mean he had he had an effortless 33 points he took 26 shots, but I mean, for crying out loud, the guy had 33 points, and uh, and Zion Williamson was uh, was fantastic. So I, I guess he had 29, if I remember right. And Cam Reddish had 22, and you know you, you can't. And then it takes you a while to even get to Trey Jones, yeah. who was excellent. I mean, he was excellent. So those those four, like Duke had four turnovers in that game, and it's not like they were playing against a, a group of non-athletic uh, players that didn't have any length or the ability to bother you. Um, 
you know, now do I think Kansas would have given Duke a better game? They would have. But uh, but Duke was clearly the best team in, in that four. And I don't see anybody else on the landscape that at their best can match Duke at their best. But, uh, but you know, like, look, what Coach, what Coach K said about his top four players, I mean, I, I, just, I don't know anybody that would disagree with that. All you have to do is watch them warm up and you can pick out the best four players. Jay Billis is joining us. He is a fun follow on Twitter, at Jay Billis, ESPN College Hoops analyst. I am one of those who enjoys college basketball broadcasts, yours and otherwise, without worrying about anybody's NBA status. But since you have covered the NBA draft, I'm just curious as a matter of perspective, when you think of R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson and Cam Reddish, all Duke freshmen, would they be on the way too early Jay Billis, you know, top five 2019 NBA draft board? I mean, is that the collection of talent we're talking about right now by NBA standards? They're on everybody's top five. Um, right now, it's, it's uh, R.J. Barrett, you know, Nassir Little of North Carolina, Zion Williamson, Cam Reddish. Guys like that are, are right up at the top five. Uh, so I don't think that's surprising at all um, to anyone. Uh, I mean, we've seen stuff like this before where you had maybe not with three. I mean, I don't ever remember the top three players, uh, top three ranked players in a, in a class going to the same school. Right. That, that's a first. Now, maybe you've had a collection of players that should have been ranked top three going to the same place, but they were, they were ranked differently. You know, maybe the Fab Five back in the early '90s, whatever, whatever it may be. Uh, but but these guys are special. Last one I can remember was, was probably 2012 with Anthony Davis, yeah. Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, and, and those guys. Where you know, look, number it, 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 number one classes are different, and and they're different as they compare to number two classes in a given year, and then number one players are different. So R.J. Barrett's the number one freshman in the country. Zion Williamson's the you know most dynamic, but but you know Anthony Davis was better than all these guys, uh, so it's it, it varies year to year. When, when Kentucky won it all in 2012, it was not only Anthony Davis, MKG, and Marcus Teague as one and done guys. They had sophomores in Terrence Morris and Deron Lamb. They had a sixth man senior in Darius Miller who averaged double digit points per game. Uh, what is the challenge at Duke with? Guys like Marquise Bolden or Javin Delorier or Jack White or Alex O'Connell. Um, I mean, you write about toughness. You've talked about leadership. How, how does it work with this unusual dynamic along those lines? Because you know the deal. Quinn Cook and Emil Jefferson helped those three one-and-done freshmen win it all back in 2015. This is, a, this is uncharted territory here. I'm not sure how uncharted it is. I mean, you, you have guys that are complementary players. And, and what complementary means is you complement your best player. And so that doesn't mean these guys can't play. They're good players, but they're playing specific roles. So what they need to do is, is play those roles consistently game in, game out. And, you know, Jack White came into the game and he provided a great deal of energy. He got rebounds. He got loose balls. He was physical. Uh, Bolden was physical and he finished plays and, uh, and helped protect the rim and rebounded effectively. And O'Connell came in and, and was ready to shoot when the ball got to him. Um, you know, Javin Delorier needs to run the floor, be a, a consistent rebounder and a, a, a good defender, stuff like that. Like, th those guys can all be really impactful. Um, so just because their, their four best players are freshmen, uh, these guys are not built like most freshmen, not, not only physically, but their mental makeup. 
Um, so, you know, we've seen this kind of thing before as far as, uh, uh, you know, young players taking the, taking the lead. And, and, again, you go back to that Kentucky team in 2012. Like, look, I get the roles that all the different guys played. That team won for one overarching reason, and that was Anthony Davis. Like, if you remember, Anthony Davis blocked, I think it was 186 shots that year. That, that was more than 320 Division One teams. Wow. You know, without, without Davis, you know, being like the unstoppable force or immovable object, whatever you want to call it, defensively, uh, I don't care what kind of leadership those guys got on the other end from, you know, their sophomores or whatever, uh, they weren't winning. Uh, what, what made them win was they had an extraordinary player in, uh, in Anthony Davis to put them over the top. And Duke has two of those guys. They're just not – they don't do it on the defensive end like Davis did. Uh, but they have two extraordinary players on the offensive end in, uh, in Barrett and Williamson. Jay Billis joining us on the David Glenn Show. You could not have seen everyone play, but when you think about the nation and nice wins last night by Kansas over Michigan State, Gonzaga, Virginia, Nevada, Carolina won on the road, Villanova got a win. Uh, even if you believe Duke at its best will be hard to beat, who else is on your short list of those with the best chances of you know, just making a run in the long run? Kansas would be right up there, a healthy Gonzaga. They're not healthy right now. Killian Tilly uh, is out. Uh, I think Virginia is going to be really difficult to play against again this year, and I think they'll be a similar team to last year where they can they can win the whole thing. But they weren't healthy at the end of last year. They lost DeAndre Hunter, and that was a that that killed them. Now, should they have lost the UMBC without DeAndre? Of course, they shouldn't have lost that game. But they weren't going any. They, they weren't going as far as, as they expected with DeAndre Hunter out of there. So that was a that was a killer blow to them. But he's back. He's an NBA player, so he's back this year. Um, you know, Nevada's good. I don't think they're championship good. Uh, you know, maybe some team can pull pull something like Loyola Chicago. But people kind of forget, like Loyola Chicago was not for one one minute during the season ranked in the uh, KenPom.com top thirty. Not one until they got to the final four. And so they, they, they did extraordinarily well and kind of caught lightning in a bottle. They were very, very good. But there was no indication that that was going to happen. And they won, what was it, three games with buzzer beaters? Um, so, you know, can those things happen? Yeah. But, uh, but it's, it's kind of few and far between uh, and, and doesn't happen that often. Last thing for Jay Billis on Twitter, at Jay Billis. Calipari said last night, I got outcoached. My guys got outplayed. We're going to watch this tape and move on. Where do the Wildcats go from here after the worst loss of John Calipari's 30-year coaching career? I don't think that's that big of a deal. I really don't. And, I mean, I think it was very nice of him to say he got outcoached. Uh, but he got out recruited, uh, uh, you know, they, it wasn't like there was an X and O advantage and he couldn't, you know, he didn't do a good job. He got out recruited and Duke's just got better players right now. And they played better on that night. Uh, but you know, like what difference does it make if like, I think the last time that this happened where a team lost by 30, uh, the Cal coach was in, uh, you know, 2013, they lost to Tennessee by 30. What's the difference? You lose Tennessee by 30 and lose the Duke by 34 or whatever it was. You know, I don't think that's that big of a difference. They need to pick themselves off, uh, up, dust themselves off, and move forward. They'll be, they'll be fine. Um, this is going to leave a mark. People are going to remember this. But, but a month from now, if, if they continue to get better and continue to, to fight hard, they're going to be right there. 
And if Duke, you know, a month or two from now, if they get they get beat, you know, maybe Gonzaga beats them, or who, who knows what happens. Uh, people are going to look at things a lot differently. I, you know, I don't know how many people are going to remember this game uh, at the end of the year. Uh, we're going to. It, it certainly made a big impression, but uh, but you know, with the ben- with the benefit of time, uh, a lot of this is going to fade in our memory. Hey, R.J. Barrett just had the most points ever for a Duke freshman in his debut game. How close were you to thirty-three way back in the day? Uh, I had, I actually had 35 if you count my first eight games. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, that, I think the top scoring uh, uh, for a freshman in a, in a debut game was 25 by Marvin Bagley last year. And I don't remember who it came against, but I know it wasn't Kentucky or Michigan right. State or anybody like that. It wasn't the Champions Class. Elon, yeah. Uh, yeah, this this is not gonna uh, this is not gonna be the last time that R.J. Barrett uh, approaches 33. That, that's gonna happen again, and uh, you know some of these guys are gonna trade off you know leading scorer status, but uh, but you know they're gonna set they're gonna set all kinds of records because they're the, they're the ones that are gonna take the majority. I mean, he has 26 shots. Those guys are gonna get a lot of shots this year. His name is Jay Billis. He is the unofficial president of college basketball, but not your country nor the NCAA. He does great work for ESPN on Twitter at Jay Billis. Jay, as always, thank you for the time on the David Glenn Show. Thanks, David. Great to be with you. It's an unpaid position, the unofficial president of college basketball. I think he's going to be okay without the extra compensation.